0: Welcome to Talking Flutes Podcast 5. My name's Jean-Paul Wright and I'm down in Hove once again with Claire Southworth. This morning we're going to be talking about online flute playing and especially a couple of projects that Claire's been working on these last two or three years which demonstrates the movement away from the need to have direct one-on-one teaching to more online resource hunting. So, going straight into it, Claire, I'd like to talk about your two specific projects, Flute Reboot and Kickstart Flute. How did they come about?
1: Well, this happened. The Flute Reboot was the first one uh, a few years ago. I'd been coming across uh, quite a few people who'd maybe learnt flute at school and then had to give it up for various reasons like families, university, jobs. And at the same time, I noticed that online teaching courses started to become quite popular the the reason they're popular is they can be so flexible because you can learn in a in a, in your own home in a relaxed and comfortable environment uh, at a pace that suits you and then there's no age or ability barrier to the enjoyment of your learning so flute reboot is literally that to 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 reboot your flute play
0: so that's totally aimed at people that used to play the flute and gave it up for Certain reasons they went to university and studied something else, had a family, but have that background in flute playing yes,
1: yeah, so you can read music, you might have done a, a few grade exams, and so what 's happening with the lessons that each lesson provides you with sort of information ideas to sort of, to get your playing going again and I 'm using a mixture of, of music extracts, old and new, and then you have the choice you can read everything from your computer. Or you can print the lesson to have on your music stand. And really the important thing was that you have the flexibility of learning and choosing when where you're the most comfortable rather than be restricted by having to go to a particular lesson at a particular time.
0: Because I've heard from quite a few people that used to play the flute. They would love to come back again, but they're nervous about going into a music shop to finding a teacher again. And this just sounds perfect.
1: Well... I hope people find it useful. It's it's a way of getting across sort of information they might not have had when they were learning earlier on, maybe at school. So, in you know, things about your tone development, your technique development, articulation, but also playing lots of, of melodies, lots of really nice tunes from a, a wide variety of music.
0: So, as a returning flute player, going back to a previous podcast, when you're talking about you have to play the flute for enjoyment coming back to the instrument really you're coming back for completely different reasons aren't you
1: yeah uh, and often it's be- you come back because it's what you want to learn and you have that that motivation and that passion and that desire to learn whereas quite often when you were learning sort of at school maybe it was the parents that were saying you know you should learn a musical instrument and Quite, you, there can be quite a lot of pressure of, of, of having to practice and having to go for your weekly lessons with the, the pressures of everything else at school. So when you're older and you want a hobby, it's a great, great way of you find your own time and you do it at your own pace.
0: So from a teaching perspective, do you believe it's like riding a bicycle? Once you've played the flute, it doesn't matter what the gap in between, doesn't matter if it's 30, 40, 50 years, you can return back.
1: I think so. I don't think it's a problem. I mean, the flute's a pretty easy instrument to play. It's not an easy instrument to play very well. You can get up and running very, very quickly. So even if you haven't touched the, the flute for 20 years, you'd soon get back into it. You'd soon be making sounds out of it. And then it's just sort of developing those, uh, those neural pathways, which we've talked about in, in a previous podcast, so that your muscles get used to working in, in a particular way.
0: And the fact you're doing it at home... You are just doing it for pure enjoyment. And then that will allow you to go and play current standards.
1: Yes, I mean, it's, it's sort of flute reboot, assuming that you understand music, you can read music, you know the fundamentals of flute playing. And so you're sort of diving, diving into some the sort of information that gets you playing well in a short space of time.
0: And I noticed on the website you have a couple of taster lessons. So where can people find flute reboot?
1: Quite easy. It's dot flutereboot.com.
0: Well as you can imagine I've already had a a look round, and I thoroughly enjoy the flute reboot. I'd also say it's not only for lapsed flute players because somebody like me that if you hear me you probably think I'm a lapsed flute player anyway but it's actually useful for current flute players.
1: Yeah I think so I think that certainly I've had a, a good feedback so far from from college students and professionals alike Who've bought into the idea of flute reboot just to give them some different ideas, and that was the that's the whole intention, to give you something different to think about.
0: I love the name as well, Flute Reboot. So folks, flute reboot.com, take a look. Your other project, and I find this particularly exciting, especially for new flute players, Kickstart Flute, because it is unique. Tell me about it.
1: Well, I was had been thinking about writing a beginner book but there are there are so many books on the market so I was putting it off for, for, for quite a few years and I wanted to, to try and find something that was unique something that was different but still creative and I remember trying to think about my time learning the flute so when I was learning all the tunes were either classical or Christmas carols which was quite restricting because I love all genres of music so I had an idea that I I knew I wanted to to have, not restrict a beginner to starting with what we term the easy Mm -hmm. notes. Most beginner books, they start with B, then A, then G. And it's a long time before you're introduced to any sort of accidentals. And I sort of don't get that. And I, I always thought the middle D was a nice easy note to start on, because you've got more fingers down. So I was thinking, really, we should be starting with D. And then it would be lovely to just work through all the keys and treat them all the same, rather than make it look like the the, the the keys with more accidentals are the more difficult ones, which is what most beginner books do. So I had an idea that I should get some new music written. So I spoke to Andy Scott, who's Professor of Saxophone at the Royal Northern College of Music. He's an award-winning composer. Absolutely fantastic stuff he writes. For, for all types of instruments but he's written quite a lot of flute music
0: Yeah, he wrote, you commissioned him once a while mm-hmm. ago for a concert you did at St John Smith Square, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, he
1: wrote, wrote me a sonata, a huge fun It's sort of crossover between classical and jazz and he also, I've also recorded a, a CD of his called The Bad Tempered Flute which also has Paul Edmund Davis and Andy Finden on
0: That is a wonderful uh, album
1: and that records all his flute music. Some just fantastic stuff. Everyone should, should go and have a listen. So he writes in all genres. And I love all genres of music. So I asked him to write me 24 duets. 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 Two Hang flutes.
0: Hang on a second. Duets. Two flutes. Yeah. But you're learning at home. So where does the second flute player come from?
1: Yeah. So I've recorded all the duets. So the Duets has been recorded with the rhythm section of bass guitar, drums and keyboards. So online you can hear the complete duet with me playing both parts, and I recorded both parts on a beginner flute, the Trevor James Tenex. And so you can hear the, the whole track with me playing both parts, or you can play the backing section only and play both parts maybe with your teacher or or another friend or you can just let me play one of the parts and you play the other part with me
0: so you have choice in whatever part you play
1: you have a choice of whatever ever part you play and it introduces players to music from all genres rather than just this sort of narrow window of classical so you're going to play pop rock blues bossa nova samba folk classical and you know lots 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 more
0: hang on a second Claire but the beginners beginner flute players beginners
1: it's fine each duet has its own lesson so we start off with some pre-lessons which introduce you to reading music and blowing on the head joint forming an embouchure getting the flute together and basic rhythm exercises and and simple things and then each duet has its own lesson and it takes you then through all the keys so each lesson gives you the information you play you need to play that one duet
0: so it's progressive
1: so you keep Learning the necessary information to play the duet that is
0: upcoming. This is going to be fun for new players because you're not confined to, in my case, the most boring book in the world, which was Tune a Day.
1: Yes, it's well. Tune. I started on Tune a Day, and funnily enough, we've mentioned in a previous podcast that I've just started classical guitar. <laughs> I bought Tune a Day. For classical guitar. Oh, so
0: it's not just a flute thing? No,
1: no, it's for all instruments. And it's it's good. I mean, you know, they've all been updated, all these books. Tuna Day is good, but it's still a little bit restrictive. I always felt that the flute is, is one of the easiest wind instruments to learn initially. So I wanted to write challenging lessons, but rewarding ones. So they, they help develop your knowledge and your love of world music. And many musical examples, too, from the, the, the classics that you're used to. But... The main thing is to open up your world of music and not restrict it to one type.
0: Now, you gave me access to listening and actually taking part in, for my own research for this podcast, the whole Kickstart Flute website. And I must say, it is fascinating, but enjoying. I'm 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 very glad to hear. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, you you, you, you end up tapping your feet to it. And yep. they, it's quite catchy. Some of those tunes, I think, could be taken further.
1: They, they could be taken further, and I know Andy is quite keen to extend them into sort of more larger scale pieces that could be used for flute choirs or mixed instrument bands. I love the music. I can, I can play them all day. They're fantastic.
0: So if you're a flute player of any standard, I would recommend you visiting...
1: What website is it, Claire? Uh, www.kickstartflute.com.
0: I would recommend anyone visit, have a have a look round, but more importantly, if you're a teacher, what a great way to motivate and actually play duets with your young students, so they tend to want to come to lessons rather than dreading, as I used to.
1: Well, I think lessons are a, a mixture of you know many aspects, but. I think if you can play something or listen to something in your lesson, it really helps with the the joy of learning, the fun and and the motivation.
0: So that's FluteReboot.com and KickstartFlute.com. As we come towards the end of Podcast 5 in Series 1, I am joined by Dr. Jose Valentino, who's in Tennessee for the Claire Southworth Podcast 9 Questions. Jose, welcome. Well, saludos. Did I say Tennessee properly?
2: You know, I think they would know that you are quite posh and not here.
0: <laughs> Moi, posh? <laughs> <laughs> Jose, what I normally do is introduce uh, musicians when we're asking the nine questions. But having looked more at you, now I've known you for many, many years, but having looked at your bio, this will take about three hours to read. So all I'm going to do is recommend... <laughs> a lot of rubbish. <laughs> oh dear! No, 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 it's not. It's very impressive. But what I would do is encourage people to visit josevalentino.com dot com, where they find everything about this two-time Latin Grammy-nominated artist, forty-nine Downbeat Music Awards winner, etc., etc., etc. But what I will say is, we've got a dedicated podcast coming up in the TF series, which is me. Speaking with you, so I look forward to exploring everything then. I I just wonder, can I hire you
2: to be my announcer everywhere? Because you just have the most outstanding British accent. <laughs> oh
0: no, no, no! Uh, what? Well, I'm I'm open to. Um, I'm quite cheap actually. A couple of sni- a Couple of Snickers bar and the odd Diet Coke. I'm anybody's. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's a done deal. Actually, I've I've, I've I've got a passion for donuts. Actually, Krispy Kremes recently. <laughs> Anyway, Jerry, can I whiz through these nine questions? Absolutely. Right. They are speed questions, so it's going to be interesting to hear what you come up with. So, firstly, oh, all right. your favorite genre of music? Music that authentically expresses the human
2: condition and clearly communicates meaning to listeners of all walks of
0: life. Now, do you make that up or do you just read it? <laughs> of course I read Yeah, having known you for long enough, I know that it's impossible to pigeonhole you to ask you what your favourite is because you actually play everything. So, um, second question, and again, this is extremely unfair of you, having performed and known many of the top artists of many instrumentalists, is who is or has been your favourite musician on any instrument?
2: Yeah, I think my all-time favourite musician is Michael Brecker, who is a tenor saxophonist and... uh, multi-award winning composer and he really just pushed the envelope and not only uh, pushed the envelope on the instruments or on the genres that he played but he also made it accessible uh, from the most scholarly to the most layman of people and uh, just such an extraordinary human being uh, when he's not playing the saxophone as well so I would say him and then I would say when it comes to music education uh, people like Jim Walker uh, Steve Rucker from the university of Miami who, uh, really helped cultivate my artistic identity and be able to, uh, uh, play within any genre of context. Uh, you know, much credit to him. My father, I think is, uh, the ultimate, uh, music educator when it came to cultivating my identity. Um, you know, I just had a fortune to have a present father. Um, and then, Kim McCormick, who is uh, my flute teacher for 22 years. And uh, most recently, I think one of the more innovative music educators is Cassandra Rondinelli. Yeah. I would say uh, multi-directional flutist, Jim Walker, uh, my little bro from Another mo, which means my little brother
0: from Another Mother, <laughs> by the way, uh,
2: Giovanni Perez, Pedro Estache, uh, the Hollywood flutist, and I uh, got to give it to my man, Hubert Laws.
0: Oh. So, that is an extensive list, but that's you. Right, well, another one for you, Jerry. You've traveled a lot, but what's your favorite country? Well,
2: I'll tell you a sentimental one, and then I'll tell you one in the east and one in the west. How about Please, that? yeah, that' go for it. All right, so uh, my favorite country for sentimental reasons is actually not a country right now. It's the U.S. territory of Puerto Rico, but it's extraordinary. It's called the Island of Enchantment. Uh, the pearl of the caribbean and uh this is where my heritage is from and it's a beautiful uh small piece of land where music is like water it's a necessity and it has more festivals uh, than any other part of the world
0: 300 festivals a year they will celebrate anything wow. and everything so if i look
2: to the east i would have to say greece and if i look to the west i will say guatemala
0: that is a very wide spectrum. And you can tell this is live, because the air conditioning has just gone, de- uh, gone on in our flute workshops downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> They're obviously doing some polishing, because the noise has just started. So, um, excuse me, whilst that, that will click off in a couple of seconds once they've finished. Um, so, favourite piece of music? Again, that's going to be impossible to you, isn't it? Ah, music
2: that makes me feel at.
0: Oh, lo- Hiya, Luca. Hey. oh, hey, Luca. Oh, lovely to <laughs> hear you. Go. All right. I was going to save that for our podcast, but anyway, nice to have an early introduction. <laughs> As you can probably tell, the buffing machine has now been switched off, so um, we're back with relative peace. Um, favorite piece of music? Well, speaking of peace, music that makes <laughs> me feel at peace. Oh, yeah, we've already said, covered that one, haven't we? Yep. <laughs> right moving on favorite food mediterranean hands down nothing like a good piece of lamb
2: tzatziki tabbouleh kibbeh. oh man i love all
0: that stuff that is so left field with you i would never have guessed you've never ordered that when you've been with me well you haven't asked me what my favorite
2: food, of <laughs> food is within the next hour i may say hi <laughs> then the next hour i may say Uh,
0: Some good old country biscuits and fried chicken over here. Pain You just never know it, man. I'm going to have to move on before I start crying. Um, (laughs) Now, this is a really silly question. What's the hardest flute flute piece you've ever attempted or played? (laughs) There's no such thing. If you mean the funnest piece that allows me to wiggle my fingers real fast, I will have to say... Shondalinos. Okay. But, you know, that's a very nice accent you've got there. You're very close to mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shondalinos, is that really... Well, and what about um, We Are One? Because I bought oh, those my books... my composition. Well, the, the thing about We Are One is that that's not Jim Walker and I playing. That's somebody else that
1: uh, we've signed a non-disclosed experience. so we can't tell you who that person is <laughs> John Paul <laughs> John Paul so you know, what we like to do is we play the recording
0: of <laughs> John Paul and then uh, we wiggle our fingers and of
2: course we're the ones who get compensated for it
0: <laughs> i tell you what, you know what I sound like and I certainly do not sound like that <laughs> anyway, uh, right F- favourite warm up method now Do you actually warm up? Yes, I do, actually. Yeah, go on then. Hit me with it. Yeah, I I warm up by playing 15 minutes of Sonic the Hedgehog video game. Then I drink a protein smoothie with chocolate peanut butter, banana, spinach, and soy milk, and greet people with kindness and hugs. Then I'm ready to play. (laughs) (laughs) So no Moise for you in the mornings? (laughs) No, no. No Moise, please. Moise, please. Right. What's, what's been your most memorable moment playing the flute? You know,
2: honestly, there are too many memorable moments. Since I'm always aiming to play as if it were the last time. Therefore, I count my blessings. So every moment becomes memorable. But I'll give you one. I was uh, improvising flute melodies on the mountain of Diario in Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. I was 18 years old, and the whole community came together. Musicians joined as well. And I played for six hours straight without even realizing uh, sweat from head to toe everyone kept on dancing and laughing. So I kept on playing and it was truly surreal. It allowed me to really witness and truly understand the power of
0: music in bringing people together, regardless of differences. Well, bearing in mind where the amount of places that you've played for that to stick in your mind must be so important. Yeah, absolutely. I I also went uh,
2: with about 20 other friends of mine. So it was a, pretty surreal experience I mean uh, the same thing happened uh, as I was playing my friend started dancing and you can imagine a guy who's you know uh, like 6'4 in height and um, you know a black American and then we're in the mountain of Darío where people kind of like the height tends to be, you know, more like the four feet, six inches, seven <laughs> inches, five inches, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a different kind of world. So we actually kind of look like giant, the giant flute man and the giant dancer, you know, and uh, but I think uh, that may have been uh, part of what got people just even curious to want to come. But of course. It's all about retention. Can you keep them interested? Can you keep them there? And uh, I think the music and the dancing transcended, and uh, to a level where uh, you, you know it, they accepted us.
0: So, ah, oh, almost a hypnotic effect. That's, that's, yeah, that absolutely. is wonderful. So finally, and the last question, and I'm sure you've got lots of advice, but can you think of one piece of advice you would give to an aspiring flute player?
2: To the aspiring flute player, I will say first. Then, pursue your purpose.
0: Then, express your purpose through your role. Do you know that is very condensed for you? It is. And part of the
2: reason is because, you know, when you do a PhD, you have to finalize it with a dissertation. If you look at the etymology of dissertation, it means long talk. So, you know, giving you advice in the form of 400 pages would not be a problem for me. That would be just another day. But... I understand that it's important to be able to condense it all. And uh, if I want to keep my marriage, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so my wife has taught me how to condense all of uh, my ideas into one sentence.
0: <laughs> Jerry, thank you very much for joining us for these nine questions. Yeah, no problem. And I look no for- <laughs> And I look forward to interviewing you properly for our dedicated podcast in the new TF Extra series coming up soon thanks joey all right thanks take care well claire this is the end of the series this current series what have you got planned for series two
1: well series two is going to be consisting of interviews with some of my friends and colleagues from around the world about their flute activities and of course uh, asking them our famous nine questions And a few more, of course. And also talking about any other areas of technique or discussing how to practice various pieces. And if any of our listeners have any topics they'd like me to cover, then please get in touch with me.
0: And how do they do that?
1: They write to flutepodcasts at gmail.com.
0: Great. You don't mind if I throw in a couple of anonymous emails, to you?
1: I'm sure you will, John Paul.
0: I'm sure I will too. And my role is actually changing in this podcast is that I'm going to be hosting, in between the podcast seasons, TF Extra. And it will fill nicely the gaps whilst you're, you're producing the real podcast, Talking Flute Podcast, Claire. And it'll be a light-hearted look at what's going on in the flute world and my travels and conversations with people within the industry. So... Thanks once again to you and your lovely husband Rolf and your dogs for welcoming me down to Hove these past few weeks and I look forward to Season 2, Claire.
1: Thanks, John Paul, and thanks to our listeners and we'll see you again in Season 2.
0: See you then. Talking Flutes is a Trevor James Flute Podcast production. More information can be found at trevorjamesflutes.com.